somehow made it to the Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem podcast. Or M-Cubed for short. I'm Sam, and she's Paige. Join our crazy train, and let's talk about murder! As promised, here's the second part to Cage and Elise. I will say I did mess up the date on the last victim, Barbara. Her death was the year prior to Kitty's. Also, I'm pretty sure my children are attempting to imitate elephants in this recording, so if you hear them, I have no control. Send help. Also, my cat just opened the door, so that was fun. Anywho, without further ado, here's part two. So, this is gonna sound, it's gonna sound like a a really strange change, but I promise it all connects. Okay. (laughs) So, within a week of Kitty's brutal attack, a man named Winston Mosley was arrested for suspected robbery in Ozone Park in Queens after a television set was found in his white Chevy Colbert? Colbert? I don't know. Tiny ass little car, right? I don't think it was actually tiny. It was like a boat. Anyway. <laughs> like a boat. The motherfucking boat. A detective that that was at, like, interviewing uh, witnesses for, for Kitty's case remembers the same colored car being reported by witnesses. Mm-hmm. They, they checked him out a little bit. Yeah. He had healing wounds on his hands, so they questioned him about Kitty's murder. After the interrogation, he admitted to Kitty's murder. Mm-hmm. But he didn't only admit to killing Kitty. Oh, snap. He confessed to killing two other women. So their names were Annie Mae Johnson and Barbara Kralik. So I'm going to I'm gonna discuss their cases a little bit before going on to the rest of Tiny Dick Man and his stupidity. By the way, this took four fucking ever to find anything about these women. I like the name Annie Mae. Annie Mae is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Annie Mae Johnson was murdered on February 29th, 1964. I'm pretty sure, at least I'm pretty sure it was 64. Again, research with that was a little wonky because it was, it was difficult. So um, it was about a month before Yeah, Kitty. Well, no, 14 days. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, 14 days. Um, the original medical examiner reported that she was she had been stabbed six times. However, upon further investigation and a second autopsy, it was found that she had actually been shot six times with a rifle. What? How the fuck? <laughs> How the fuck do you do you mistake a gunshot wound to a knife wound? I I don't. Anyway, so the second autopsy was only performed after Winston Mosley confessed to shooting the woman. And we're like, that doesn't make sense, because this coroner was like, hey, she's been stabbed six times. What in the world? She was 24 at the time of her death, and she was a housewife. He shot her, then burned her in her own home. And at some point between the shooting and the fire, he had sexually assaulted her. So, tiny dick man it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know. Barbara... Kralik, she was murdered on July 20th, 1964, so after Kitty. I think that may have been 63, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because 
he was arrested or anything to put his mother. So I think I mixed up the the other two. I think the other two were were murdered in nineteen sixty three. Okay. Mosley confessed to stabbing Barbara, who was fifteen at the time. Mm. Again, I'm sorry. He confessing he confessed to stabbing her in her parents' home or garden area. Uh, prior to confessing, the police had a had decided eighteen year old Alvin L. Mitchell had committed the murder. He was in fucking jail. He too had confessed to killing her. Well, they had they had Alvin. This is again one of the reasons I think I fucked up the the time frame here. So she was she was murdered. They brought up to this eighteen year old boy, who they arrested, and eventually he confessed to killing her. Okay. I'm thinking there was some not so great methods of interrogation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even after further investigation, it was determined that Mosley was in fact the killer. Alvin still had to go through trial. Why? I feel like there's some underlying racial tones here. Oh. oh okay. So Barbara and I believe Annie Mae were both uh, African American. Uh, and I know that Alvin was too. Mosley was too, by the way. They were okay. like all of these, these individuals. The only um, Caucasian person was Kitty. He had to go through trial still. He was, I think he was eventually acquitted because, um, Mosley's trial was prior to that, but he still had to fucking do it. So they pay him restitution for being in jail for no fucking reason? I fucking hope so. I didn't, I, there was nothing after, oh, he had to go to trial. That's bullshit. It is. So even though that he confessed to these other two murders, he never went to trial for either one. Why? So Alvin did, but he didn't. Alvin did, but he didn't. And his, his, again... Racial undertones, because the two victims there were were African American. Thankfully, Alvin was was eventually released because there was enough evidence. Because they did talk about these other two murders during the trial with Kitty. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a full blown trial on itself, which is really fucking stupid. I think that if you're gonna fucking kill somebody, you should absolutely have to go through the court system. Just yeah, the same, no matter what, no matter what, mm-hmm. doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you do the crime, you do the time. Yes. <laughs> See, <laughs> you finish my sandwiches. You just finish them. I do. I do. <laughs> so the trial for Kitty's murder initially, Winston pled not guilty, changed to not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh fuck him. Apparently, they allowed Winston to do this to let him confess on the stand to the other two murders and ultimately attempt to persuade the jury that he was, in fact, going through some sort of psychotic break. So the police had 38 witnesses, as say in quotes, uh, to the attack, but only eight testified in court, one of which was Sophia. Mm-hmm. So Mosley's testimony, he described leaving his wife and two children home in South Ozone Park around 2 a.m in search of a victim, specifically left his home to search for a victim. Or he apparently stated that he knew he was going to kill someone. Premeditated? Mm-hmm. He drove around for about an hour and a half, just searching, finding the right victim. He stated, murder was an idea that came into my mind, just as an idea might come into your mind. But I couldn't put it aside. When I got such a thought, it remained with me, regardless of what else I might be thinking. He confessed to stabbing Kitty 
in the back two times on Austin Street. He ran off when the lights turned on and the man shouted. He moved his car and changed his, his like, bargain for a hat, like a baseball cap. Mm-hmm. And then he returned. He said he moved his car because he knew it could be seen. He switched his hats and returned because he needed to finish what he set out to do. I am. Mm-hmm. There were three psychiatrists who testified and gave very differing opinions. Oh, my gosh. So, Dr. Oscar K. Diamond, the director of Manhattan State Hospital on Ward's Island, testified for the defense. He described Mosley as schizophrenic with catatonic reactions. Once he got the urge to kill, he had to, f- to fulfill it and was unable to distinguish wrong from right. Bullshit. I concur. I'm gonna call bullshit. Because obviously he had it planned. He had the fucking hunting knife. He got into his fucking car and left and said, I wanted to kill. And that, that should just be done right mm-hmm. then. It's done. Dr. Emil G. Winkler of Kings County Hospital signed a report saying Mosley was fit to stand trial as he was capable of taking escape measures. But he had defects of reasoning, which severely impaired his judgment. So it was like, he knew what the fuck he was doing, but he also had a lapse of judgment. Okay. And the third one's just like, he's a fucking asshole and should be. Dr. Dr. Frank uh, Casino of of a hospital, (laughs) I can't even, stated he believed Mosley was fully aware and in control of his actions. Well, yeah. He was convicted and condemned to die by electric chair in 1965. Good. But. Oh, I don't know you're going to bring a butt into this. Because <laughs> I got a big one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in, uh, in 1967, New York abolished most capital punishments. So he was able to appeal and reduce his sentence to an indeterminate life term. So he was essentially there in life. Life in prison. So, life after being sentenced to death was a wild ride for him, apparently. Oh, Lord. There's more. He killed more people in there? No. Oh. Just, just wait. Okay. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. Yes, you're getting ahead of me. Come on now. <laughs> um, in 1969, he was at the Attica Correctional Facility. While being transported to the hospital in Buffalo for a self-inflicted wound, he fucking escaped. He attacked an officer and stole his gun and took off. Wow. He hid in an empty house for three days until the daughter of the owner and her husband came to check on the house. Mosley held them at hostage for over an hour and raped her. He made the guy sit over here. He watched the entire fucking thing. He raped her and then he took off in their fucking car. What the fuck? But not before, he forced her to give him information about her entire family and where they lived. Oh, I just make shit up. Oh, absolutely. So she was terrified they would go to, he would go there and he would kill them because of, he threatened to do so. Well, he'd be going to Washington, D.C., given the White House address. <laughs> <laughs> so these, this, this couple described the attacker as being brutal, but also said that Mosley was kind what the fuck? What does that mean? How the fuck are you kind, kind of you're fucking somebody? stupid? Apparently, the husband had requested his rosary beads and mostly let him have them. Walking contradiction. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking understand. Kind. So after leaving this this home, he broke into another home 
and held a woman and her daughter hostage for two hours. It does not specify that he did anything to these people, so hopefully he just held them them hostage. That was it. Well, yeah, because he's kind. Yeah. He was recaptured by the FBI and received two 15-year sentences that would run, run concurrently as his life sentence for murdering Kitty. What? So he had he already had that life sentence, right? Yeah. So he was given two 15-year sentences that would be running concurrently. So it doesn't really fucking matter. Right. He was just slapped on the wrist and said, don't fucking do it again. Next time he bleeds out, just let him fucking bleed out. Don't Absolutely. take him to the hospital. Fuck him. And you know, I think it's bullshit that... These tiny dick men, mm-hmm. well, I guess they're women, too, whenever they, like, they don't have any regard for anybody else's life, oh. but hell, as soon as they get fucking death penalty, oh, no, I want life without parole. Like, fuck them. That's a life or death situation. I And I'm not saying that I'm for the death penalty, but I just think it's funny that they, they're all about taking somebody's life, but... When it comes to them, you know, fuck no. No, they have to survive. Yeah, I just... No, the, the death penalty for me is a very gray area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very gray. Um, th- th- but that's not all. Oh my god. What There's the fuck? There's more. In 1971, he was part of the Attica Uprising, described as the worst prison riot in U.S. history. A total of 43 people were killed including the 39 killed in the raid. Dang. A guard named William Quinn was also murdered at the beginning of the riot, and there were three inmates killed by other prisoners early in the riot. So how many escaped, escaped? Uh, Nobody. Oh. I don't think anybody. So in the week, so after the riot was done and everybody was kind of put back in their, in their little holes, mm-hmm. the police engaged in brutal reprisals uh, against the prisoners, forcing them to run a gauntlet of nightsticks and crawl naked across broken glass and among other many tortures. Oh, snap. The many injured inmates received substandard medical treatment, if any. Now, again, though, if you're going to cause an up- uh, uprising in, in the prison that you're in, I feel like that's to be expected. Like the, the there are consequences. The consequences afterwards. Maybe they're inhumane consequences. Definitely inhumane. <laughs> and maybe some of those people that were in the prison may not have been actually guilty, but Mosley definitely was, and somehow he fucking survived. Of course. Anyway, in 1977, he earned a college degree in sociology. What? After his degree, he published an article in the New York Times. The fuck? He ended with this statement, and these are in quotes, and I will try to make it through without sounding like a complete asshat. The man who killed Kitty Genovese in Queens in 1964 is no more. He was also destroyed in, in that calamity and its aftermath. Another vastly different individual has emerged. A Winston Mosley intent and determined to do constructive, not destructive things. Today, I'm a man who wants to be an asset to society, not a liability. That's what he put in the newspaper? That, that, no, there was a whole article, but this is how he ended it. Oh. So, he's a pretentious little fuck is what he is. It's like with uh, John Wayne Gacy, how he's like Peyton and shit. Mm-hmm. Or Ed Kemper. 
reading children's books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. In night er, in nineteen eighty four. Oh my god, there's more. There's more. Uh, during his parole hearing, he claimed he didn't mean to murder Kitty and considered her murder nothing more than a mugging. He was denied, obviously, um, and he was denied parole 18 times in total. Good. That's the end of my 12-page document here. That's that's my, my tale of Kitty Genovese. I do want to end on the fact that although her death was exceedingly tragic, Very. her death did not go unnoticed. And they cited her death and the witnesses and everything else that went along with with what happened to Kitty and was able to get the 911 system going. Yeah, so that's good. So that is like one positive thing that came out of it, but I really wish it didn't have to come to that. Yes. Because she sounded like such a badass and I would have loved to fucking be her friend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. So on a scale of 1 to T-Rex, I'm going to say this is probably a full T-Rex episode. It just kept going and going and going. Like the Energizer Bunny. Uh, well, okay, so listen, I couldn't just tell her story and then not tell... How fucked up he is? Well, I was thinking of the two other victims and then oh. also what he was still allowed to do after. I can't, yeah, that's crazy to me. I mean, I can't I can't imagine being sent to prison ready for the electric chair and then suddenly, hey, the electric chair's not, not an option, so I'm just going to be in fucking prison forever. And then fucking escape. Escape, rape some, hold a total of four people hostage for over an hour. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't understand. And then the riots, and he was part of that, and, like, the planning and shit. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I don't understand. It just blows my mind how much, when I was in college, there was nothing about who did it. It was, this is what happened, and this is why we discussed the bystander effect, and, and there are still studies today about it. So, uh, <laughs> what we got for the, um, going back to neutral after. Speaking of killing. Murder. Murder. It's no, nothing sexual this got this time, guys. You're lying. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come around to it. No no, no I promise it's not. <laughs> so a puffer fish can contain a tetrodoxin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? It's a poison, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A toxin that is up to twelve hundred times more deadly than cyanide to humans. What? Mm-hmm. I mean I guess that's why you can't eat puffer fish. You can eat puffer fish. Well, you can, but you, it needs to be by somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there is enough toxin in one puffer fish to kill 30 adult humans, and there is no known antidote. So, despite this, some puffer fish meat is considered a delicacy in Japan. The meat called... Uh, I, I'm afraid to say it. Anyways, the meat is expensive and only prepared by licensed chefs with over three years of rigorous training who remove toxic toxic parts of the meat for dinners. Okay. I wouldn't fucking eat it. No, fuck no. No. Hell no. There is no fucking way. One error and you're done. I mean, don't get me wrong. On most days, I'm like, I'm kind of over this bullshit called life, but I'm not going to actively seek my death. No. <laughs> So, dolphins use pufferfish to get high. What? Yeah. 
So dolf- dolphins deliver- deliberately handle pufferfish, causing them to release toxins as a defense mechanism. These toxins can be deadly in high doses, doses like I said, mm-hmm. but they also have a narcotic effect and are a powerful hallucinogenic, which dolphins appear to enjoy. So there was actually a documentary, and it witnessed dolphins passing around a pufferfish <laughs> in a pond, or a pod. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Before, uh, and this, this is funny too, before floating just underneath the water's surface, apparently mesmerized by their own reflections. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> So funny. That is perfect. <laughs> Puff a <laughs> I freaking love it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> if we ever see a bunch of dolphins just hanging around, <laughs> gazing. I'm just going to assume that all dolphins are high now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a good random my my brother, whenever we went to Florida one year, he got a puffer fish, like a, you know, the ones that you can, like, you know how you can get a shell? Yeah. Well, you can also get fish. Right. He got a puffer fish. And um, he just had it hanging, like, in his window. It was actually pretty cool, though. That's, that's interesting. It was out, too. It wasn't in. It was out. I'd be freaked out by it, though. Listen, I'm not going to lie, because we're... A little fun fact here. We're recording in my bedroom, and there's two chairs, and so whenever I am sleeping, and I sleep closest to the desk, oh, yeah, fuck that. I flip the fuck out every time I open my eyes, and your chair specifically. Don't know why it's that one. Because it has the holes in it. Uh, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It's um, got eyes. But it was like, I shot up one day, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, yeah, fuck that. Mm-mm. No, fun, fun fact, um, I scare the shit out of myself constantly. <laughs> it's like when I text. <laughs> the kids weren't home, and Hayden's phone went off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, somebody's in my house. <laughs> and I messaged you, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to fucking text it and see I'm, if it was Hayden's phone or I'm not. I'm still not quite <laughs> sure why you didn't get up and check. Fuck, because I was too tired. <laughs> yeah. It was Hayden's phone, so we're all good. Yeah. Also, my mom gave Hayden a tablet. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know the password to it, so we haven't been able to get into it. But she works the night shift, mm-hmm. and it still has all her shit in it. So guess what time the alarm fucking goes off? Oh, I would throw that bitch in the trash. You can't turn it off either without the fucking passcode. Can you not just... Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been waking me up every fucking night. <laughs> I... She gets up at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I wonder if there's a way to factory reset it. Um, I need to figure it out because holy shit. Google that bit. Put that shit in your car or the garage. Do you have a garage? Do you have a garage? Yeah, I have a garage. That would fucking creep me out even more because I can hear oh, anything in the true. garage. And it's not like a regular ringtone. It's like a fucking creepy ass one. Of course it is. Yes. Of course. Ugh. Like, the first time it went off, I didn't know what the fuck it was, Sam. I about pissed myself. <laughs> I was like, what in the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, I, no. Liz, I do this constantly. Like, I, 
all the time. Because it's a Samsung. We don't have Samsungs. We have all Apples. Oh. Yeah, so it was a ringtone I've never heard before going off in my house at midnight, Sam. I about shit myself. Also, a little PSA here. Um, I know that I do this frequently, and eventually we're going to figure out how to keep our children quiet, but um, if you hear them in this episode, I apologize. Uh, My husband sucks at keeping them quiet. And they're fucking loud. And they're loud as shit. Our daughters are doing TikToks in one room. Mm-hmm. and our off the fucking bed at one point. Mm-hmm. And our sons are just fucking... Thanks for sticking around to this point. Be sure to share our dumbasses with your friends, family, or even a random person on the internet. Or in person. Though I'm not entirely sure I recommend that. Sam, tell them where they can find us. Every fucking where. <laughs> no, uh, you can find us on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. And where can you listen to our dumbasses? Everywhere. Seriously, all the major uh, platforms that you get your podcast, we are most likely there. And if we're not, let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can reach us at any of the social and at M3, that's the number three, truecrimepod at gmail.com. For your ear hole enjoyment. <laughs> For your ear hole enjoyment.